Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spastiano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Well, Dan, you know, I'm just a little bit disappointed that you didn't get me a hooker for my birthday. But, you know, I, I know that the uh, budget at Dan and Benny is a little bit tight. I'm hoping that my my booming real estate career will take off and I can I can fund my own hookers. Well, yeah, here's to another, another year of your many, uh, how do we say... Uh, Themed jokes. Ben, Benny has to aim high. But he's, the, got, he's, he's got. He has. He has always stars. has goals in mind. Absolutely. He has to accomplish. Exactly. The important thing is you. You enjoyed yourself, and we're ready to go again. Um, yes, as you heard, uh, friendly voice in the background. We know. Um, uh, we know he's been on the show before. Benny, why don't you tell everybody who we got with us tonight? We have a, a couple of great writers. One is what I call the Babe Ruth of, of wrestling writing. Javier Oist from Pro Wrestling Stories. If if Javier is Babe Ruth, I think I am like Art Shamsky maybe. And then we have uh, who uh, Mark Madison, who has written uh, for I guess uh, Sports Kita and Pro Wrestling Post. Gentlemen, welcome to Dan and Benny in the Ring. Thanks welcome. for having me again, guys. And good to see good to see Mark again. You too, Javier. And I and I did a little bit for Pro Wrestling Stories in its infancy. And Mark and Mark is the he's a he's the owner and founder of, of Pro Wrestling Pro Wrestling Post. He isn't just right for them once in a while. That's his that's his okay. baby right there. Thank you for that update. Excellent. <laughs> there, there you have it. So uh, Javier, Mark, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate all your time. Okay, As good always. night, everyone. No, just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, as as always, um, yeah, you know, we we kind of brought you guys together. We were doing a writer's corner tonight, but um, before we get into it, the last few weeks uh, we've had various uh, people on the show to talk about the hot topics in wrestling over the last couple weeks, and I was just hoping to get a quick thought or two from you guys on uh, the three big stories going back. Um, obviously, the 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 started with the arrest. And the stories that came out uh, involving Jeff Hardy and his rehab involvement in AEW. Uh, we talked about the upcoming final match, uh, final being in quotes probably, for Ric Flair, which just announced uh, their new venue and a larger, a larger venue due to massive ticket sales and demand. And then last week we talked about the scandal involving the WWE, Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO. Uh, I know that's that's three very unique thoughts, but Mark, I want to start with you. I was wondering if I could uh, get a thought, uh, your thoughts first on, on the McMahon scandal um, about uh, if you've been following that at all, uh, the recent developments and, and any any thoughts you have on that. Um, yeah, actually, I, the best way I can probably put it is when it comes to the scandal where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, it has it isn't the first time he's been accused of something like this. Um, and money can temporarily make things go away. It doesn't mean that justice doesn't ultimately come out. So um, the, his incident with uh, Linda, is it Linda Chatterton? Chatterton? Rita. 
Yeah, yeah Rita, the, the referee, Rita Maria. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then uh, there was an instance in Florida where uh, it was in a parlor, uh, a tanning parlor, and then the more recent one. So, you know, I, too many of those incidences, I, I really am skeptical about him being innocent. And I don't think it's a cash grab for somebody in his late 70s for somebody just to kind of come up with this. Um, so. I I think that cooler heads won't prevail. I think enough is enough, and people are actually going to fight back. I I don't know what the end result will be, but hopefully justice to some extent. Uh, what about you, Javier? What do, what do you think about that? That uh, how do uh, we say unfortunate development? I mean, I, I've been thinking about this ever since it came out. Not not just that but uh, I, I agree with mark it's one of those things where i mean un, un, until there's a trial and until there's proof that 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 really makes make something happen under the law um there's just too much out there just there's too much writing on the wall there's too many signs there's too many things that have, have gone on in the past and and recently where something has to give and i think now in 20 what are we what are we 2022 yeah uh i think i think something's gonna happen because remember any any i think wwe is kind of positioning themselves to to be sold i I really believe they're looking for they've been doing this for for several months now if not years trying to make everything a, a nice nice and attractive for a buyer and things like this isn't isn't going to fly. A CEO using, you can say it was his money, even if maybe you know maybe it wasn't the company's money, but still this money came from the company, came from you know not not not. It's 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 it doesn't look right. So something's going to have to. It's going to something's going to break the camel's back, and uh, they might have to just tell him, look. The, it's interesting the wording they used, and you guys talked about it last week. It's not stepping down, but stepping. Uh, what is it? Not not stepping back, back. Stepping back, right? So he's still gonna be around, but he's not not gonna disappear. So they're just. It's almost like one of those uh, PR moves. But I, I think this might be the time when they just ask him to kind of just uh, be in the background while while things kind of. Uh, cool down and and let the let's see what happens in terms of the the law and and, and justice. Up I think there. this I think and he's and he's and he's up there in years. How how long can he actually be involved? I mean I I th- I really do think he's a workaholic from everything I've read and heard. But uh, I think it's time to maybe just to move on somehow from from Vince McMahon in the company somehow. You know. You know one of the things I find very interesting though is. The uh, average, and this, I think I heard this from Jim Cornette, the average salary uh, for a paralegal in Connecticut is about 50000 So, you know, they're saying that he didn't really use corporate money, but he hired this lady at double that. And then a year later, now she's, you know, she gets another 100% raise. And, and then, you know, the ironic thing is you're, you're doing this when other uh, personnel from WWE are being cut because of, quote, unquote, budget cuts. So... It just it just doesn't it doesn't sit right. And the other thing that really you know makes me think is like if you're paying this lady three million dollars, I mean you're not paying her. I don't think three million dollars 
just to keep his reputation intact because I think that's, you know, I don't think he really has much of a reputation. She has to know something pretty significant that, that, that she's covering up. I think it's pretty brazen, though, for him to come out weekly and greet the crowd and and say a whole lot of nothing. Hi, everybody. I'm, I'm here. It's it's raw. It's SmackDown and then leave. Knowing full well of what's going on behind the scenes, it's like a you can't touch me kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm bigger than any court case. And I, I don't even care what's there. So if he's stepping back or stepping to the side uh, as a on-air character you would never know that and, and fans in the audience are fully in support of him it's actually kind of disgusting to see it yeah that, that was something that came up on our round table last week when he first came out after the scandal broke and fans were openly bowing and you know you you still got it and all these these chants and cheers and he came out to a hero's ovation it it almost reminded me of the uh, the I'm not leaving speech from the Wolf of Wall Street. If if you've seen that, you know, I, I'm I'm still here. I mean, granted, obviously, I'm not going to repeat that verbatim. It's a family show. But, you know, it was it was very much a, a I'm still here and come get me. But Javier, uh, I want to go back to you here for a second. You, you talked about the WWE. And the second thing I wanted your thoughts on is the upcoming weekend event involving Ric Flair's last match, because this is a, a sold, uh, a sold out show, uh, which they had such demand for. They moved to a larger venue. They've already sold out pre pre events like the roast and these other, these other big weekends. Um, the, the, just over, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Just over the past weekend, you had the AEW New Japan uh, Forbidden Door Hybrid Pay Per View, which did over a million gate and a hundred thousand buys, um, and that was an off season for lack, uh, or I shouldn't say off season, but a main, a non main show. Uh, is now you talked about th- them be selling? Is uh, I want your thoughts on this because I think the Ric Flair match kind of cat up, kind of shines a big light on. WWE is not the only player in town anymore. And you have non entities that are making millions and selling out arenas. Um, I think that's important. You talked about selling that, that, Hey, you know, now's now might be the time, but I want your thoughts uh, on the up uh, both on that. And then obviously on having a 70 year old man step in the ring for a final match. He's uh he's 73, right? Correct. Yes. What I would ask myself is if Ric Flair wasn't going to have his his final match, uh, would would this would they have had to have moved to a larger venue? I I, uh, I kind of doubt that, even though they've added Josh Alexander, that's the impact champion, and he's going to go against uh, uh, Jacob Fatu, right, from MLW. These are these are they got uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, they got a women's match. Uh, Joyce. Uh, big girl uh forgot her name but they've 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 uh built a nice card around this this rick flair final match i think for people not to be disappointed and uh i think the focus would be on just enjoying everything around this match and not just focusing on the flair match even though i think he's going to give it is his all but how how much can a 73 year old man who who claims to be in shape and I believe him, how much is he, is he going to take maybe one bump? You know, how is he going to be, be in there for five minutes? Uh, let's be realistic here. 
I, I, uh, I'm really happy that he's going to wrestle. I really, I'm really happy that there is a demand for this. It would have been so sad if he announces his last match and, and ticket sales are, are, are struggling and they can't give him away. That would have been really a really sad, uh, career ending match uh, uh for for such a legend like flair but this is this is amazing is going to be an amazing finance it seems like they're gonna not they're not going to be in the red after after this is all said and done and forbidden door AEW. i i really like what's going on with pro wrestling i like the fact that there are options out there and i'm not here to to bash wwe or, or vince mcmahon but options out there are are always good for the wrestling fans there will be something out there for you You just have to kind of search it out and not just go in that tunnel vision where raw and smackdown and and i don't like what's going on look for other options they're out there and not that expensive either you can get those subscription services and there are a bunch of indie indie companies out there that are that are really entertaining yeah, no, that yeah, absolutely. And and I think Benny, you, you touched on that last week and said it the week before is now is kind of the time to be a wrestling fan because you've got so many options, WWE and AEW. Uh, I have the, the fight TV subscription for NWA, which I recommend to everybody. Um, and then obviously we've had uh, interactions on the show with uh, devotion out west, devotion championship wrestling, as well as as MLW in Texas, among others, and uh, you've just got so many options out there. But uh, Mark, what do you think about seventy three year old Ric Flair having one last match? And I think it's important to note that he it was just posted on social media, I believe, yesterday. Uh, he a picture of Ric Flair with bruises and healing cuts on his face. And the note was that he's getting re- he's kind of practicing slash getting ready because he promised he's going to ble- he's going to bleed in his final match. So the old Ric Flair blade job, 73 year old man prep prepping his forehead. What do you think, Mark? Um, so this this kind of hits close to home. Like I, I recently lost my father and um, my grandfather had to take aspirin to thin his blood. Now, I don't know any kind of medication that that Flair might be on. But the fact that if you're taking any medication that thins out your blood and you're more susceptible to bleeding and bruising, why would you do that? E- even for show, like it's not like we we can go back 30 years and he can contain it. He can't. Like he's really, really playing with fire and even commenting something where well, you know, if I'm a little concerned about my pacemaker, now, now you mention that you're concerned and you've gone through all these steps to put on the show. I I want to just hope we're not going to see a homicide. And I'm not even I'm not joking about that. It is scary. That. And I don't know why his kids wouldn't have stepped in. There's got to be a point where pride or ego has to go to the side because. Life is so much more worth it than just to put on a show. I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I like Ric Flair for what he's done, but that's okay. It can he can ride off in the sunset, and I'm fine with that. I I'm just concerned about the fallout because if anyone thinks that after the match and everything goes well, it just ends there, does it? Does it really just end there for him? What's recovery like? What have his doctors said? Why would he? And, and I don't know. I, those are the things that 
I'm thinking after the match. I'm thinking a week, a month, six months. He downplayed his his the fact that he has a pacemaker in the in the press conference. He said, "Well, the uh, I think he says something like, well, the only thing that might concerns me a little bit is my pacemaker, but that I could just plug it back in.' I mean, is it really that simple? I was I was I was listening to him like, "Come on, Rick. I mean, you're so that." On one side, he's he's trying to sell that he's going to go out there and, and, and give it his all. You know, he's just not going to go and cruise into that match. But realistically, why why would you even give give it your all and, and put your your yourself at risk? Even even if he just does, starts the, the, the chop fest, you know, I don't where, where is that pacemaker is. Uh, well, his heart's around there. And right. And, and I don't understand. I don't know the technical where that's plugged in, but I really don't think he should be doing. I'm I'm glad for him, but I I really don't think this is a good idea. It, it's just it's just um, but it's almost like a a, a car crash, right? Like a demolition derby. You know, there's gonna be crashes and uh, some explosions there, and 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 you're just but you're watching it. But um, good luck to good luck to him. I I hope it, everything comes out right. And 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 Mark brings up a great point. What's gonna happen? with the recovery afterward. That's that's a great point to bring up. You know, the scary part to me, though, is that he's pretty much, he's selling this as a, a fight, you know, a match, not an exhibition. And, uh, you know, I always get teased about my baseball references. I'm going to throw a football reference out there. And uh, this, Dan will relate to this, uh, John Riggins. John Riggins, who played for the Redskins in the 80s, I uh, believe, right? Late 70s, early 80s. Yep, Same age as Ric Flair. You know, 73. And I can, I, in my wildest dreams, I could not imagine John Riggins taking a handoff and, and running and, you know, breaking breaking free and going, you know, going for a touchdown. I, I think, I really think, honestly, that if Ric Flair, if he died in the ring, I think to him that, that would be his legacy. I really, I really think he cannot separate life from wrestling, this is this is all he knows, and this is his identity, and I, I think that's what he's you know I think he's gonna have a, a, a match, and I think he's gonna bleed, and he's gonna chop, and I, I I'm afraid of the same thing you guys are. I mean, a lot of stuff can happen with a 73 year old guy with a pacemaker. Yeah, my, my question for everyone would be: Does this make wrestling look bad? Does a 73 year old man in the ring make it look bad when okay okay so wrestling is a work wrestling is entertainment it's an exhibition it's a very physical theatrical exhibition but does this help wrestling's image a 73 year old uh getting in the ring does it say that say any any older person can 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 do it just like the, the 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 young guys i mean i don't i don't think it's a good look for wrestling I agree. And, and I mean, it all depends, though. Like if he's wrestling, say, like a Bob Backlund, who same age as Flair, you know, or a, a Lawler. I think he's the same age as Flair. Somebody like that. And it's more of a nostalgia thing where the expectation isn't as high. I think you can get away with that. But, you know, if you're going to wrestle like a Jay Lethal or somebody like that, I, I think it makes wrestling look horrible. If if he if the match goes out becomes like uh that video he has with jay lethal if if his participation is like that i i i I would hope that that's the the most he would do in the ring because he was taken down a couple times he was slammed once 
he's hitting the ropes. He does the strut and 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 the punches. If if it stays like that, I think he'll be okay. If he goes tries to do more than that, um, he'll either look terrible or or it could be disastrous. Like yeah, the, I mean, you you have to think too is is his age is part of the selling point. Like he's this, this ant, you know, I hate to say it, but he's this old man, you know, final match. I've been doing this for years. People, people forget, you know, uh, just going back the, the, um, trying to remember the, the, the name of, of the, the event, but there was a Japanese pay-per-view and, and Dory Funk wrestled at 72. And that was back in 2013. Uh, but they didn't sell it as, hey, look, it's this 72-year-old man. It's just he he happened to be out there. And, and of course, you know, periodically you have uh, some of the guys um, that will pop up from time to time. Or if anybody remembers in the 90s or the, uh, the Attitude Era of WWF with, like, Mae Young taking a, bu- a powerbomb through the table in her, <laughs> at her, in her 70s, you know. But um, uh, I think nobody, nobody kind of sells that. I think, and this is just me. Um, for it that, excuse me, I, I, for it is if you have Ric Flair and he goes out and this works, you know, he feels good. He doesn't, you know, get injured. What stops him from saying I can do another one. And then this doesn't <laughs> become as, as big a deal, uh, as, as it per se. Um, yeah. but, uh, before we, we get, um, I know Benny's going to ask the first question. Before we get to it, I want your guys' thoughts, uh, especially recent news. Um, the third story we, we had talked about had on the show that came up uh, was the DUI arrest involving Jeff Hardy. They had to change the, the plans for the show. Um, it was his he, multiple DUIs. He, we, in, in a sense of dark humor, it was mentioned on the show that, that he's the first wrestler to have a DUI arrest while contracted with WWE, TNA, and now AEW. Um, but it's been reported he's in rehab. Uh, apparently, he, he this is like for real that he's going to try and get better. Um, Mark, I want your thoughts first. If this comes to it, um, is this should this be it for him? Should that be the 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 bit to say, okay, Jeff, maybe wrestling's not for you. Or if he cleans himself up and feels he can still go, given the way his matches looked before his incident, um, do you think he gets another chance? Or or what are your thoughts here? Well, I think his body of work kind of stands for stands alone. And it stands for itself for everything that he's done. But he isn't the Jeff Hardy that he was, even clean and sober. Um, his body's taken such a beating that um, what we would be getting now, while still Jeff Hardy, isn't what we were accustomed to seeing, if that makes any sense at all. Um, and I think putting his life more in place and getting healthy should be a priority. Wrestling should be the furthest thing from his mind. But um, as it is with the adrenaline rush and the need to be in front and of a crowd and all those things, he may just accelerate the process. I'm hoping that AEW and, and Tony Khan are very, very skeptical or very, not skeptical, but very cautious in, in bringing him back. Um, the, his outing with the WWE, when it happened, there was a whole lot of, was he leaving and walking through the crowd because he was inebriated or was it just because he needed an out to get fired and whatever? 
and he was actually clean. I'm not sure because, well, here we are, and he's incident kind of repeated itself. But um, I guess long story short, I, I think he they need to be cautious with him going back in. But it's okay if he's not going to come back because really the, the Jeff Hardy that we're getting isn't the one that was jumping off of ladders 20 years ago or doing what he did even 10 years ago. Um, they've got that in AEW and it's Darby Allen, and I think they're okay, right? They, I don't think they've they've actually had them face each other, and that's good. And now maybe they can move on with it. I can respect that, especially like you said, not not the Jeff Hardy from 10 years ago. They exposed him very quickly. It went in his pairing with his brother in the matches against the Butcher and the Blade and and uh, the Young Bucks, where he. Even the fans, the diehard Hardy fans, realized this guy's slow. He's having a hard time moving, uh, watching him climb a ladder and jump, and it was almost more of a fall. Uh, I think they kind of exposed that maybe there was more to that, but he did need a break. Javier, what do you think? I, I don't. I think he'll be back. I mean, I, I I agree with Mark where he doesn't need to come back anymore. He has nothing to prove. Just like Flair, this is another one of those <laughs> Ric Flair cases. But uh, if 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 someone's willing to pay the money, he'll be back. Although AEW, I think that this precautionary measure we're taking is 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 the way to go. My what I don't know is is Jeff Hardy is he just drinking twenty four seven or he has a bad habit of of going someplace having you know having his his fill and then driving instead of easily getting a ride or or you know shared uber or what lyft or whatever that's that's my question where it's i i i enjoy having a beer or two or three or whatever many but getting behind the wheel just just pay, pay the five six dollars and, and 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 get yourself home you know and and i there's no reason why he 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 couldn't do that. It's it's just irresponsible on his part. It, he something can happen to him, and God forbid something happens to to people out other drivers, you know. So AEW's taking the what they're doing is is right, but he's not gonna he's not gonna leave wrestling just like that. He'll be back either in some shape or form, either on the independents. Someone's gonna bring him back somehow. Benny, we've got. Uh kind of touched on the current topics, but we, we wanted these gentlemen on the show as writers and writers corner. Um, so I'm going to give the first question to you. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I guess what I want to know is it's kind of a two part question. Um, when did you discover wrestling? And then uh, when did you discover that you wanted to write about wrestling? Mark thoughts to you first. Okay. Uh, well, I I discovered wrestling through pop culture. Um, it was actually through my love of the A Team and Mr. T. Believe it or not, and um, I, I wish I could make up that story, but I've told it. Um, following Mr. T, and then it transcended to like Hulk Hogan showing up, and then WrestleMania one, and then I started discovering others and my hero and Ricky Steamboat and, and all that. So, yeah. Uh, writing about wrestling uh, was funny enough through a, a common friend of JP and I's, um, John Canton. I wrote for him at the Wrestling Oratory, and 
it just started off there and um it was a little more gimmicky back 2001 but then after that um started to kind of follow a themed uh things were kind of inspired by either books and the the articles themselves weren't necessarily uh topical but they were based around a theme of some kind right so um either evolution wasn't necessarily the evolution of wrestling but the evolution of like i took darwinism and i applied that to an article or something like that it was like kind of really off the beaten path initially um but then you you kind of find a groove in what works later on watching others and how they formulate what they write their thoughts javier what about you um same same question. When did you become interested in wrestling? And more importantly, when did you become interested in, in writing about it? I got inter- interested in wrestling between 85 and, and 86. My dad gave me on, on a Sunday morning, he handed me a tape, a, Saturday, a, a recorded Saturday night's main event. He just gave it to me and said, hey, check this out. It, it was our brand new VHS, which uh, recorder, which I still have, I, I still own back there. It doesn't work anymore. If you put any tape in that, it'll just gobble it up and just tear it up, but it's still back there for nostalgia purposes. He handed me a tape. I played it Sunday morning. They're making breakfast and I'm watching this and I'm just amazed at what I'm seeing on the, on the screen. These, these bigger than life characters, the, uh, the the fantastic intro to Saturday night's main event still just gets me like I just want to watch the show though those promos at the beginning and then later on when I was relegated to my room so that I could watch the Dukes of Hazard they my mom bought me my parents bought me a little tiny uh black and white tv so I can I could watch the Dukes of Hazard and they then they were watching uh Dallas downstairs uh they were finding out who killed JR. So I was upstairs, uh, a little disappointed because the TV was black and white and not color. I started fiddling with the UHF dial, and, and all of a sudden it's uh, championship wrestling from Florida, Gordon Soley, and uh, superstar Billy Graham out in the desert getting eaten by the buzzards. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan talking about how he's just going to – he finished him off. And uh, I, I it was just a – I understood it was wrestling, but it was just such a different feel than the WWF product. I love both, but the but the championship wrestling from Florida and the Army of Darkness, that as a six, seven year old kid, uh, that really it was it was rather disturbing. And I and I still remember that today with 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 fondness. And it just um and then my my dad would buy me wrestling magazines to encourage me to read. I'd read them cover to cover articles with with black and mostly black and white pictures, but with blood. And uh, I, since it's a family show, I won't even talk about the ads in those magazines that were <laughs> like very interesting. <laughs> That's good work. And uh, but I'd read those mags, and um, later on. I became a, you know, with the internet, you become fans of, of uh, members of different pages. Uh, Pro Wrestling Stories was one I, I would I would check out quite often. There was another one called Gorilla Position with um, Ryan K. Bowman, who that was his his uh, page. There was another one called Wrestler Weekly, which is more uh, it's still out there. Anyway, and 
the uh, Silver King death in uh, in the ring in England is what made me reach out to Pro Wrestling Stories and, and, and J.P. Zarka. I didn't know him at the time, and I said, you guys have to write about this. This is important. But I didn't understand that Pro Wrestling Stories was mainly uh, – um, a page dedicated to wrestling from before, not not the current happenings. It's I would say it's ninety percent nostalgia, ten percent current current events. Um, and I, I sent them all these links. I sent them these 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 parts of articles, and I said, look, here's here's this is all the info. Um, this is this you guys should really cover this. JP encouraged me to do it. He's like, you know, you, all the information is here. He and he said instead of me. I could grab all this and and make an article out of it and 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 put it out as 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 my work. But you dev, you know your stuff. Why don't you go for it? And it was one of those one of those instances in life where you what do you do? Do you jump or do you just walk, step uh, take steps backward and uh and and not do it? Is one of those sink or swim moments, right? And um. I had written, written a little bit before I worked with the athletic department at my university in uh, South Florida, the St. Thomas University. So, um, but I hadn't done really any too much creative writing. I had, but not in wrestling. But I thought, well, I used to read these. I still read these pro wrestling illustrated magazines. I was a fan back then. I'm still a fan. You know, let's go for it. I had no idea what I was doing. I submitted it. It was good enough to get published, and I and I kept on writing. You've you've only uh, written what three or four more articles for Pro Wrestling Stories since then? A, is a it? couple more. <laughs> I, I think the number is one hundred and two. And and Benny's keeping track there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's one hundred and two published, and there's like um, I think there's maybe six or seven in drafts, and and maybe I'll call it quits after that. I I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> But uh, I, 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 I chatted with Mark at some point. I chatted with Benny at some point about about at when, when, how, you know, if he if he should, you know, when to call it quits, when to continue writing. And, and, and my conclusion is you keep on doing it while you enjoy it. And um, and that's and that's a big thing. You got to care for about what you're doing in anything in life. If you care about it, if you're passionate about it, it's going to come out. Uh, right and uh, in this case readers are going to enjoy what you do so awesome answers both of you mark uh for this question to you and then javier same thing especially because you you mentioned it uh you talked about the you know the old school and territories and and wrestling in florida i mean uh, benny and i we've been doing the show uh this is episode 76 so we've been together for for well over a year now and in that time, we've had old school wrestlers, uh, family, uh, family members of wrestlers who have passed on to tell stories of their parents um, or, or siblings. Uh, in, in the heyday of wrestling, there was no such. You, you mentioned it. There's no such thing as social media. You were old cassettes. Maybe you go to the video store, rent something, rent a video. Uh, you, you buy a magazine at the store to keep up. And and unfortunately, during that time, because there was no social media, there was no market aftermarket for for the, uh, these tapes. A lot, you know, thousands of hours, countless hours in some cases uh, are gone forever. Stuff that was intentionally recorded over damaged in uh, when tapes were erased or, or fires. Uh, but I mean, today you've got YouTube. Everybody in the crowd has a camera. There's social media everywhere. 
Um, so I'm curious now we, we bring people on and they talk about the past, uh, and they have to tell these stories because their stories are the only place these memories exist. There's no videos. There's very few pictures. You mentioned it. If, if there are pictures, there's black and white. So no one knows how colorful the robes were or the matches. Uh, I'm curious for you first, Mark, and then Javier, uh, 20, 30 years from now, our kids, our grandkids, when they want to talk about today's wrestling in the same way, the 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 stories aren't going to be as important because there's thousands and thousands of hours of video and hundreds and hundreds of pictures from every angle of every match that's ever happened since the dawn of social media and, and the smartphone. How does that affect telling these stories 20, 30, 40 years from now when the the story itself isn't the only record? Um, well, I think that personal touch or their connection to that storyline, I think the harder part now is for the kids 30 years from now, everything is really accelerated because I can remember the Teal Santana, Greg Valentine feud feeling like it was a year long battle and the way it was done felt important and Steamboat and Savage was not quick. It was really slowly developed, but you really were invested in it. I don't know if kids 30 years from now will feel that. So when we have conversations with our friend Evan Ginsburg, he can easily recite things that were important and he connected to. I don't feel that in 30 years from now, because everything is a gif or a meme and is like a snippet in time, right now, Half of the Jordan crying meme that, that tends to float around from time to time. But what will that mean in 30 years from now? Will it hold any value? Will anyone even laugh at it? Um, that's the concern. I don't think, I think that's a really good question because I, I don't think it will be that. But I couldn't have predicted what happened now 40 years ago when we were watching the first WrestleMania and seeing how wrestling has, has changed. It's it's um, darker days, per se, in America, I wouldn't say in Japan, but in America, um, more in the early to mid-90s. And then it's how it escalated through that attitude, much like wars era. But I, I don't know. I, I don't I, I'm concerned about that. But I think as long as people are still passionate, they'll find something. They'll find something to hook on how they'll tell that story, connect to it. Time will tell. Javier, what do you think? My my concern is more like uh, is is, is I, I can't think like today's fan because obviously I'm older and they think differently and 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 they like different things. But just just folk looking at the WWE product from now, I, just me observing it from afar, to me it's kind of been static for the last. 15 or so years where you see the same guys the same rivalries a couple of new wrestlers come in but it's mostly the same group of 10 15 guys who are kind of trading belts and trading main events so my concern would be how memorable is going is all this going to be it just it just really feels to me like uh just a push for content, content in terms of WWE because they're the biggest player. And if people 
talk about wrestling 10, 20, 30 years from now, WWE is going to come come out in the, in the conversation. What whatever happens to the, uh, Vince McMahon? But how how many of these matches and pay per views are going to be remembered? Like WrestleMania one, two, three, you know, the early Royal Rumbles, the Jim the the Crockett uh, company, the uh, Jim Crockett promotions back in the day, the AWA went back in the seventies. How much of it is going to be remembered by today's fan? And how how can wrestling gain? new fans instead of trying for us we're getting older and and we kind of follow it but we're not the people who are sustaining the business it's the younger uh fans so i'm just i I would just try to think how is wrestling going to we we, we talked about we brought it up earlier where now is the best time to be a wrestling fan but it's right now i i would have no i would have no idea how to answer that question because Yes, there's so much content out there, but compared to the stuff from before where, like Mark says, it was paced differently, it just felt different. Now it's just a constant – they're so worried that the, the viewer is going to be bored after five. If if you put on a rest hold, as they say, a rest hold and just trying to put a little bit of wrestling in the match – all of a sudden, you'll hear chants like "boring" and 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 the, so it's a totally it's pro wrestling now, but it's almost like a totally different product than what we grew up with. The, how it's going to change, I think. I don't. I really don't think it's ever going to be like it used to be. It's going to be get. I don't know how it'll get faster, more complicated moves, more high spots. I that's the way wrestling is going to go. But how how can you really? How can you deviate from that? Can you? You know, I can. I can understand that. Mark, you know, Mark it, wants to chime in there. Go ahead, Mark. Can we? In you saying that, Javier, I wonder, can that go back onto the talent? If you look at an FTR, who really, from their entrance music that celebrates the Midnight Express, why can't talent? And it not necessarily be nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia, but They've made technical wrestling really cool and really fun, and they're super over, and they're contemporary Greek. Why can't there be talent that really celebrate the past, and I think that has to be on the talent themselves to, to move wrestling ahead and have others care about Mid-Atlantic and have them care about world class? Because it's not just a um, a celebration of a one-night, oh, let's celebrate the Crockett days, and let's celebrate what the horsemen were. But how do we make like an, an integral part of this was great wrestling? You guys need to see it, and this is why it was great. Not just spot, 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 desensitized, rest hold, it's boring. We can get away from that, but I, I wonder if what you're saying, though, Javier, if it can be on the talent to help really care about the past, because FTR is the one team that I can think of that, yes, it might be a gimmick that they call themselves living legends, but they're so passionate about technical wrestling and wrestling as it is that it's going to take more of that and more of a group, I think, in 40 years from now, that they celebrated it, they cared about it, they made it as important now as it was 40 years earlier. 
that might lot. be that might that might be the way to go. It would have to be the talent leading the way, and and respected talent where others others would follow. And and just like you said, just let's not remember the past. Let's really uh, implement that in how we in, in in the style. Celebrate the past, but integrate the 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 what the the current product and 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 make some kind of hybrid. What's old I think I think I think fans can appreciate they they do appreciate technical wrestling and even even you know the the wrestling we grew up with it not every match was a technical masterpiece it's it wasn't it was it was, it was more about the characters than than the wrestling moves it, it was about the, the the personalities the the promos now I think a lot of the wrestlers are more uh, athletically gifted. Are they more over than 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 the wrestling the wrestlers we grew up with? Uh, with the today's fans, it seems like they are. With me, not really. But I'm not I'm not I'm not the uh, the person who's 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 watching all this, you know. Yeah. So, what do you gentlemen? How do you decide what to come up with uh, to write about? I know that uh, I was reading one of Javier's stories earlier about I believe her name is uh, Evelyn Stevens. Who actually, I believe, murdered? Was it her husband? Um, yeah, like, uh, it was either boyfriend or husband. You know? Yeah. So I mean, both of you gentlemen have written about a lot of different things. You know, people, different subjects. How do you decide what you're going to write about? Go ahead, Mark. Um, well, I generally try and look at what might be topical. I might look at what's celebrated that month whether it's uh, a historically based month whether it's um, black history or uh, women's history or and I, I might try to look at things and who haven't we covered who's important who's relevant who could fans connect to and um, that generally is bode well uh, there's also things of historical dates that are coming up and really try something to date that might be important um and then right now it seems like we've been getting articles about people wanting things on john cena and so i've i've thrown that out to the staff because it's 20 years and he's he's been part of the industry um and people wanting more about the ruthless aggression era which is really interesting to think that 2002 is nostalgia but in the case of some fans it really is when I can't speak for anybody else, but I always think of anything pre two thousand, even pre maybe nineteen ninety. But it's just your reader is going to dictate what they want to read about, and that seems to be what's come up this more recent week. So, and the things I'm not necessarily a fan of John Cena, but I can understand where people want to know more about him, and you know maybe we bring in more of his past and his. And his OVW days and those things, I think those are important because he gave some great promos. If anybody uh, get has access to his prototype days or um, his time in UWF, it was really neat. Yeah, I, th- I think in in Mark's case, he writes, of course, but he also looks at it from the uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Mark looks at it also as a person who's running a a website, so he he's kind of has the pulse of 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 what people are looking to 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 want to know more about right mark so he in in my case i i don't have i don't necessarily 
think that way. It's that's a JP's job. My I I come up with a topic, something that to me seems interesting, and I and I and I pitch it for for pro wrestling stories. Most of the time is greenlit, but at the same, I like I like obscure, more lesser known stories, and you know because sometimes there's not a lot out there. So if you can find something like that, which is becomes more and more difficult it's it's always a plus but i have to first feel strongly about what i'm going to write about some and 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 it's going to come across uh it's going to work once it's once it's on paper uh for the reader i i really i don't want to just write to 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 fill my weekly or, or or monthly quota i i i don't have to do that and i but i know someone who's running a site has to be more in tune with that. So for me, it has to be something that I'm interested in. And I, of course, focus on more, more the more the older classic stuff. I uh, from 2000, well, from 2005 to to now, it's it's not really my uh, my 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 expertise. More, I, I write more about the older stuff, which which I enjoy learning about. I'm not an expert at it, but I, I just enjoy learning about it and writing about it. I have to feel I have to feel about the story first strongly, and then and that's what I would write about. And there's never a rush for you to do it, right? You can. Yeah, pace. you're right. I, I thing is, I put I I put a rush. <laughs> I I give myself deadlines. If I don't give myself deadlines or or motivate myself, I I I would never write anything. That's that's the that's the thing. But on 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 pro wrestling side, on on pro wrestling story side, I I, I never get a deadline or man we need that story by by tonight ever never ever ever i i i get if if i start putting pressure on myself then that's when i get i i i'm told hey that's not the way it works here you when it's done it's done send it over it's cool man <laughs> out of curiosity though javier do, do you put deadlines on yourself like you know i'm I'm gonna write x amount of words today or i'm gonna get the story you know 25 percent done do you do that to yourself when i when i don't write I, I kind of enjoy life a little more because when I do, when I get in, when I decide, okay, I'm going to write an article, it's almost like 48 hours of just that. So it's, I take breaks to maybe eat or drink something and sleep, but it's just that. So I, I'm not really um, enjoying other things. Let's watch a movie. Okay, let's watch a movie. And I'm sitting there for two hours. And I'm thinking how I can improve the article, what what I can add to it, and then how I can tweak it. But once I finish that article, I I I, I just do other things for for several days. And if I, when I get another idea, it pops up in my head, then I and I commit. Once I commit to something, I I have to do it. I just can't. There's only been one or one story I have not gone through with. Um, it was about a promoter in in Las Vegas. I forget his name. Who who kind of got entangled with the mob. Um, but other than that, if I, if I have ideas, I have a page full of ideas, which I would like to write about at some point. But once I, at, it's when I commit, I, I understand that it's about two or three days of, of just that. So if, if I'm not ready to do that, I just kind of hold back. I, I can't have an article kind of like 25% done and just, on the computer and I'll get back to it next week or and this other article is about 30% done and I'll maybe I'll, it's I'm, I'm just focusing on 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 one that's that's how I do and I and and Benny mentioned he's a morning person I'm more of a late night person afternoon late night person 
if, if you want me to write something in the morning, I can't even write proper sentences even in the morning, even with my coffee. <laughs> I'm a night. I'm a night person. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, over overall, I, I enjoy writing overall. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> we've talked about it before, and I, I kind of hinted at it with the expansion of social media, but the the lifestyle a lot of uh, we talk about the stories a lot of the stories that our guests have had and we've had family talk about is backstage and stories from the road you know three four five wrestlers crammed in a car driving you know thousands of miles a month back and forth to all the events and running the territory routes and of course you know the some of the backstage stories and politics and things that have changed and in some cases are gone forever. Uh, so I'm curious, uh, you know, the, the stories as the stories change uh, between the, the increase in air travel, uh, a lot of the, the mainstream wrestlers that have their own tour buses now, or, uh, you know, with the split rosters, you have people, traveling to different venues, AEW uh, with their home shows and NXT in Florida on the WWE side where you could spend two years plus with a promotion and never leave the same city. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, the, the, the comforts, the camaraderie, a lot of that stuff is, is changed, uh, gone forever, or just a completely different lifestyle than it was even 10 years ago, but certainly 20, 30 years ago in the territory days, uh, you guys have both written a lot about stuff from that life that is gone forever. Where, where do the stories go from here? It would be interesting to see. I, 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 from what I, uh, it seems like wrestling stories from the past, there's so much that hasn't been documented as of yet but um in terms of the newer the newer lifestyle you talk about that that would be a, a, an interesting way to like you say instead of the road trips you know there a lot of these the you know for the, the guys who are making the money you know for in wwe AEW, perhaps uh they're in the they're take going on airplanes and they're they're doing their little videos for their for their channel it's totally different than 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 what it used to be, used to be, but in terms of writing about it, there's a bunch of stuff that is not, for example, on 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 pro wrestling, uh, on post on pro wrestling stories. A lot of stuff that that's still from you know, I can just start naming wrestlers that that we've just kind of tapped the, uh, just scratched the surface of 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 what they were about. My main concern would be is today's fan are they really going to care about mr wrestling too are they going to care about you know dusty roads are they going to care about the assassins uh don fargo are they are these are these older stars going to resonate are they going to be able to connect with 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 those wrestlers today's fan i don't i i have my doubts you you can say a good story is a good story but if you don't really if you have no idea who this person was, most people will not read the article. That's just what I've observed. I don't know if Mark has a different opinion on that. Well, um, I kind of going to disagree with you a little bit, Ben, in that 
I've interviewed wrestlers as, as recent as three years ago. Um, Josh Briggs, Anthony Green, popular on the East Coast. One is part of NXT now. And they would talk about their drives and how their car would break down and how Tommy Dreamer was there to give them money to, to help put in a new muffler. I mean, those are them and they're traveling 12, 18 hour drives cross country. Now they didn't have the luxuries that a bigger signed talent will have and flying out. And yeah, I'm sure a lot of those things are still happening, but I still think those road trips are happening. They're still piling into cars, especially for talent that are just getting their feet wet on the independent circuit. They don't have the means of throwing hundreds of dollars across on a flight. So they have to make do with, if it's a hot dog and a handshake, as they say, that's what they've got because putting the ring together is important. Putting your best foot forward is important. Just like with any resume, you need to earn your keep, but you also need to have some sort of self-respect and saying, I'm worth more than this. If this is what you're going to continue to pay me, I need to look for other options, right? And so that's still happening. It's just not happening to what we know of because when we hear about the old time stories, we tie them to Ric Flair and his hours out and the drives that these guys would have. But it's happening with a lot younger uh, guys and girls too, piling into cars because it saves them money and they share a hotel room and all of that. And uh, they just need to, right now it's about also knowing your worth. So there's a whole um, build around creating their own resume, uh, their portfolio, creating vignettes themselves, having them professionally done. There's the social media aspect and their presence along with how they develop their character uh, on the downside that they can send into shows that they're going to attend. So those things are important, but the process is still there. It's just more 2022 in, in its variation, if, I, if that makes any sense. So. Yeah, what Mark says is absolutely true. What, what, I, what I think what Dan meant was not that it's not happening. I think Dan was focusing more on like the 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 stars like in wwe right that's that's more like in the in the independence it's like mark said it's still going on just more of a more 2002 way but the stories are out there it's the it's those stars on tv where they're gonna have stories more i i guess when they started out you know that's gonna be maybe the focus later on um but still, even even when there's these big these guys on TV, they're they're gonna have interesting things to to talk about or at least reveal uh, to the public eventually. Things you wouldn't yeah. even imagine, right? Well, I mean, I, I look at it like uh, the I don't know if it's still running on Peacock, but on they had a series on the WWE Network, like a road trip series, where they'd have a dashboard camera set up pointing into the car, and yeah. wrestlers would just talk and and whatever while they were driving to and from events and typical reality television it it's it it was that that mix of authentic humor and clearly scripted or at least talking points you know so even the road trips today are controlled but but I was looking at it more of the perspective of you know we would bring a guy on and he's telling us you know I I, I 12 of us in a car and we, we slept on the floor in the hotel and blah, blah, blah. You know, the, these, these narratives of, 
you know, I mean, who, who hasn't heard the story of, of the Steiners, you know, running people off the road and, and, you know, five, like you see a 3 a.m. hot dogs driving and, and Jim Cornette telling stories about, you know, eating the big, the Wendy's cheeseburgers, you know, one in the morning driving the midnight express back and forth versus today where, you know, especially with like the performance center, you have wrestlers that are brought in or talent, I should say that are brought in trained to be wrestlers. They spend two, three years in NXT. And here's the period where they're cutting their teeth. They're learning the business. They're growing their brand and they never leave the city. That's it. Like every show is in the same building. It's in the same town. You record two or three shows, you know, a night, whatever it is you're doing. A lot of the talent doesn't have that, uh, you know, literally driving, 200 miles just that just the hope that you'll get booked at an event because i brought my demo tape with me you know Javier, you mentioned the vcr eating tapes i mean kids today don't don't know the struggle of you know oftentimes you had one tape and if something happened to it you had to make another one there was no let me just download you another copy but i mean it, it things change uh, without question benny what, what do you think yeah um it's just I, I thought of uh, when you guys were talking, I was thinking of the story uh, of Bret Hart was driving from Calgary to, to Winnipeg or something like that in uh, <clears throat> 20 below zero weather. And there was actually a midget underneath his feet. <laughs> and he said, like, I'm really sorry. And the guy said, well, you know, as long as you don't step on me, I'll be all right. And like just amazing how far things have come. But, yeah, I guess it is true. Like these indie guys, they, they're still I don't know if they're doing it like three or four to at a clip like the territory guys did, but they're, I mean, they're, they're definitely not living in the lap of luxury. So um, this is just an observation on my part, but I'd like everybody to comment on it. I've been writing seriously now for about a year and a half. I, I wrote something about Dominic Danucci in December of 2020. I had written a story about Bruno about a year and a half before that. So, but for the last year and a half, I've been doing some serious writing and I've made it an observation of how I've been really welcomed with open arms in the writing community. I mean, Javier has been beyond helpful and encouraging. I could never thank him enough, even though I'll never catch him unless I live to be 507. And, um, you know, just uh, Mark's been encouraging and, and um, Evan, Evan Ginsberg and Bobby Madison, all these guys. And, and I can't even and JP. I mean, I could take up the rest of the podcast just talking about JP. So. And it's something I thought would be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more cutthroat, like, you know, car sales. But it just seems like riding is the polar opposite. Everybody is willing to help everybody else. And I was wondering if you guys felt the same way. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in my case, I, um, I, I, th- I guess no one's been, I guess, mean or, 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 you know, have everyone's everyone who's who I've chatted with has been cool with me asking them question or questions or I, I can't say I have too many uh, writer friends. I, I, I believe I have various writer acquaintances where, uh, you know, I consider Mark a friend, Benny, you know, you, Dan, um, Evan, uh, Jim Phillips. But I think. Maybe I, I, everyone's, everyone who's, who I consider my friend has been supportive. 
everyone else, I believe it seems to me like uh, wrestling is is one of those little. It's one. It's still even if you're not a wrestler, even if you're not working for a promotion, a talent, I still think wrestling is one of those people in it are protective of their little area. And I have perceived that with um, various wrestling book authors, um, other writers who, who I consider acquaintances have been okay with me chatting with them but not like overly hey man uh let's 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 trade ideas and 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 maybe collaborate on something not nothing like that other than uh, a handful of people i i have mentioned jp of course super super supportive of my work um super nice guy super professional smart um i uh, i really enjoy uh writing for the for the for the site um but uh, I, I do think a lot of people in wrestling, even if you're not a wrestler, are very protective of their little little area, like I mentioned. As Mar- have you experienced that, Mark? And uh... <laughs> well, I, don't know. I think because I see the more the media side of things, I know there's um, I see online bickering. I don't get I don't engage in it, but I see online bickering between you engage you and you know you do <laughs> some sometimes you you're in there in the mix <laughs> and Twitter no, but there's this there's my friend John where I'm like I, I don't understand I get into the like the people not trying to give other things a chance I get I engage in that but I, I <laughs> online bickering between a couple of sites um one's a big both are, are fairly known one's reputation is more of a tabloidy type where one isn't and i'm just i'm watching them and i'm thinking it's like watching children fighting with each other so uh they that has but that has actually nothing to do with supporting each other as writers and that feels like they're more competing with each other which i don't like so much because i like this but i see that if that makes any sense right um uh, do I engage, Javier? Now you got me thinking. I'm like, I, no, no, you. Uh, what I mean is, in, engage where I'm just kind of scrolling down and, and I just see some comment. I just shake my head and, well, I'm not going to touch that. And then maybe Mark is there, and and of course, and I usually agree with what you were saying, but I'm 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 like I'm not gonna it's, I'm not gonna get involved here. I just I, I but but. You know, I I decide not to, and and I and I applaud you for sometimes taking on these points of views that I don't agree with either. But I mean, is it really worth it? I don't. I don't. I, I chatted with Benny about this once. Um, I, I. It's like Mark. It's not worth. It, man. <laughs> just the message, you, Mark. It's not worth it, man. Just let it go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have wrestling fans wrestling fans are passionate i think but sometimes passion overrides rationale and overrides common sense that's the best way i can put it if wrestling fans weren't passionate we wouldn't be talking about it right now we wouldn't be writing about it we wouldn't be uh you know trying to see what what what's there to watch next so passion is a good thing just uh not going overboard and getting into these uh, social media fights, um, it'll just take years off off you. I, I, I love watching Evan engage because oh, Evan's a Evan's a pro, man. Because Evan's, 
He's a <laughs> box work, really, man. He's if there's anybody that's fighting the good fight, it is Evan. I'm I'm waking up in the morning just kind of seeing what's going on, and Evan's he's he's like neck deep in in like this thing, and he's like it's like him against three others, and he's winning. <laughs> it's like I look at Evan like, like my big brother, like I'll just I'll I'll respond back to one of these people and I'll just somehow like insert Evan's name in there and tag him. And the next thing you know, he's fighting the fight and I just step back. <laughs> like I've I've said before on the show, and I mean it, is wrestling fans can be simultaneously the greatest and worst people on earth. And you you talk about Evan on social media reminds me of that that famous painting of the big monster trying to get the little girl and at the foot of her bed is the teddy little teddy bear with a wooden sword, you know, fighting off the monster from under the bed like that. It, it cracks me up when I see him. Uh, same thing, Benny, with uh, some of the comments we, we, we've had guests on the show, but like Nick, some of the stuff Nikita's fought for and and some of the old school wrestling believers, they they kind of they, they keep some of the trolls at bay as, I, as I, it I were. Think the, I think the whole thing about in, 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 in Evan's case, which I, I consider Evan a, a very good friend and a quality, quality human being. I think in his case, what what gets him, he just can't understand where when there's pages dedicated to to uh, wrestlers from the past, supposedly uh up you know putting them on 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 a on the pedestal they deserve appreciating their work from the past and 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 understanding them people are just ripping them apart i mean for what reason he just and i i and i'm with him on that why go on a on a random page and say macho man was overrated he was this and that blah 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 i almost want to say are you are you done? Are you happy with yourself? What did you accomplish? What did you really accomplish by posting that? It's like, you know, but um, nothing short of a bully that's trying to antagonize somebody. Just oh, no, they can't because they, I don't. I don't bite. I just try not to. I just try. I mean, that's bait right there. I just keep on scrolling. You put write whatever you want, man. I I know what I like and. Uh, it's 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 one of those hooks where I did, I just, just don't want to get caught in that fish net right there. It, it's frustrating though because like you'll see somebody talk about Baron Cicluna and call him a jobber, and you know that their their reference point is framed by you know when they grew up. You know maybe they started watching wrestling in the late seventies and the early eighties, and at that point Cicluna was putting people over. But fifteen years earlier, he was main eventing in Madison Square Garden against Bruno, and actually you know. He came out on top, I think, and won. It didn't win the title, of course, but I mean, he actually won. And so, it's these people—they don't do their homework yet. They make these remarks, and I know that's what frustrates Evan as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot, has a lot to do with it. Yep. Evan taught, can't can't argue. Sure, go ahead. Evan taught me Iron Mike Sharp. My only exposure as Canada's greatest athlete was that. He was enhancement talent. Well, that's true, though. He was Canada's greatest athlete. Not <laughs> not Kaniski. It was my Iron Mike Sharp, right? <laughs> but I didn't know that he main evented Madison Square Gardens until Evan told me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. But I'm glad he was. He was there. And he was, a, he was a big deal in other territories as well. Yeah. I think it, the age group 
like the the late 20s early 30s where everything was 80s 90s WWF you hear people talk about you know Terry Taylor and uh, you know you you mentioned um earlier but but like some some of the talent that's come through uh you know Scott um excuse me, uh, Sam Houston, uh, Ron Bass. These were, these were legends. Uh, even, even some of the, like the junkyard dog and, and some of these, these bit Harley race who were, I don't want to say, say jobbers by any means, but clearly on the, on the twilight of their career, mostly putting talent over. If all you knew it was late eighties, WWF, you wouldn't know, Harley race and junkyard dog. And some of these guys, uh, Coco beware is a great example, you know, from his, his Birdman gimmick to, to the, you know, Brown and the territories or Benny, your recent st- uh, promotion of the story on like bad news Brown, you know, you, you miss a lot of what makes that talent by only focusing on one little part of history. And I think that's, I think that's really the important part of what both of you guys do excuse me, in the writing is you expand the scope of history. And I think it's really important because there's so many little things that are lost and with the, without the resources out there, you don't know or learn. I mean, I'm, I'll be 39 here shortly. So I'm, I'm by no means a a, a old in in the scheme of, of wrestling, but I watched the tapes and I had uh, both channels. I had the NWA and WWF on one and the other. And then, ESPN air and the AWA. I was at the age where I remember both the, the modern, what became the modern product and the territories. A lot of people don't have that advantage. And I think what you guys do is really important. And, and it's really, I mean, that's part of why we wanted to talk to you and why, why we revere what you do. And, and I, I can't think of a better wrap up for, for that than, than those thanks. But uh, as we conclude, gentlemen, um, Mark, I'm, I'll pitch it to you first, uh, let you plug your, your social media or, or any, any upcoming projects and, and sites you have. And then uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, so you can reach us on Instagram at pro wrestling post. You can reach us on Twitter at pro wrestling PST. I wish I can get a vowel to squeeze in the O, but otherwise I'm just PST. <laughs> Uh, or at the Mark Madison, also on Twitter. Um, upcoming projects, I'm looking forward to. I'm, I've got something that's going to be happening in. Well, I didn't. I didn't make it happen. It already happened. Uh, it's coming up in July. It's the anniversary of the CM Punk Raven dog collar match uh, that they had back in Ring of Honor, um, and it it really tied into CM Punk connecting to Raven being akin to his father and um his straight edge lifestyle and not wanting to drink and we end up seeing a lot of ecw tie-ins in this match too and that's coming up uh in july very shortly excellent stuff javier same to you uh uh obviously pro wrestling stories but um what, what other projects can we expect from you coming up here uh right now i'm not I've taken a little break from writing. I want I want Benny to to catch up. I I, I I owe it to him, and I want I want the youngsters to take over, for for you know for future generations. But uh, I have I have several articles in drafts. They'll be unleashed to the uh, to civilization sooner. 
sooner rather than later. I think there's either six or seven out there. Gory Guerrero, um, How Lucha Libre started in the in the U.S. Uh, Steve Kern, uh, Metal Maniac is going to be there on an article an article on him. Friend of the show, right? Yes. Oh yes. Uh, Several several articles are going to be out there, and um, I'll, I'll I'll start. I I got ideas. I should start writing again, but right now I'm I'm enjoying binge watching all the child's play movies, and um, and when I write again, I'll I'll, I'll it, it has to be right. It has to be the right time. Excellent. Maybe well maybe said. Mark maybe Mark can sell me a pro wrestling post and um something like that. No. <laughs> Final final thought to you, Benny. I'm just, I mean, number one, I appreciate both guys being on the show. And I really think, I mean, just the fact as a wrestling fan, forget about the fact that I write as well, but just to be, to be able to go on pro wrestling posts and pro wrestling stories, and there's like hundreds of great stories. And I, I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, and especially if you like the old school stuff, you can get completely lost in there. Like I said, I was reading one about Evelyn Stevens. I just, I don't know why I typed in the, believe it, I typed in the word murder and about two or three stories popped up on pro wrestling stories. One was, one was that one was, uh, I guess, rock and rebel. Um, so, I mean, you can read about just about anything on these sites. And I just, like I said, as a fan, I truly appreciate it. I love it. And it's great stuff. And I mean, both of you guys have great resources out there, uh, sort of, plenty to read and like you said benny just you you go down the rabbit hole you start to read something and next thing you know you've you you find you've been on the site for hours or you find yourself reading and learning and that's the best part is just you you get exposed to a new world of thoughts and stories that you may not have even knew you would be interested in and it's great stuff uh, Mark Javier, thank you guys again so much for your time, so much for your writing. Uh, so for Mark, for Javier, for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spastian. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring.